welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald. Hello, sir. It's a new day. Have you had a good week? Well, yeah, I had a good week. And Friday was a great day for the country. We got the vaccine, at least the first vaccine approved. Yeah. So what does this mean? The FDA emergency authorization. That means that it didn't go through a pro, no, didn't go through normal channels. And they say, yes, we're going to use it. We're going to give you the authorization. So... They're shipping it. Yeah. Now, the no, thing is— This ahead. is the Pfizer? The Pfizer vaccine. Okay. And what it is is a glob of fat. Inside of it is the genetic material, uh, not the, all of the genetic material, but just a one gene from the COVID-19 that produces what we call the spike protein. So this little glob of fat gets into your own cells— And then the messenger RNA, which is the genetic material for the spike protein, it basically uses your own mechanisms and proteins to produce the spike protein in your cells. That gets out into the bloodstream and you make an immune response to it. So first you make an antibody, a little Y-shaped protein, because it's a foreign matter. And any foreign matter in your body, you make an antibody to it. And then also the T cells, the killer cells, they get revved up against the spike protein. Right. You're going to get a shot, and then you're going to get another one in two weeks, Mm -hmm. and then 95% effective. So you have a much less chance. I read something. Much less chance. I read something that they had this almost immediately. Oh, they did. That, in other words, within weeks of knowing. What happened was the thing broke out in Wuhan, what, November, December. Right. By January, they had the entire genetic sequence in their hands. Yes. So then Pfizer and their associates found the spike protein, and they knew that was going to be the target. Now, they call it coronavirus like a crown. Corona is a crown. The spike proteins are the things jutting out that look like a crown, like on the Statue of Liberty, those things sticking out. So they already knew how to do this. They had the fat globules all figured out. They made the messenger RNA really in a day. I mean, nowadays. (laughs) Wow. Okay, and so they had this. And the, the biggest issue was safety and efficacy, and they they had to go through all these hoops and everything. But the great thing is, this is now the template. If the next COVID-26 sure. comes by, boom, we got it. And they're not going to have to go through as many hoops, I think. So this is a brand new way of doing it. Now, the other virus, excuse me, I'm going to do this. I do this. The other vaccine is being looked at. Yeah. Um, and then there's a third one that's having some problems. Oh, know, really? The AstraZeneca one. Because that is a adenovirus. So that's a virus that is a – it's a common cold in a chimpanzee. Yeah. But it doesn't affect us. Yeah. So they took and spliced in 
the genetic material for the um, for the spike protein. So just imagine a virus. It's got the little DNA stuff in it. Yeah. They basically took some scissors and cut the adenovirus DNA and right. stuck in the DNA for the genetic instructions for the spike protein of COVID-19. So now that is a live virus. And the problem they had is they, manu- they, got, they hired some dude company to manufacture it. Yeah. Well, they got back the first batch and it was diluted. It didn't have – it had half the number of virus particles that some other batches had. Right. They said, well, let's go ahead and just use it. So <laughs> they did that. Then they gave uh, the booster shot in two weeks. It turned out the full dose yeah. followed by the full dose booster was 60 percent effective. Yes. But the half dose, which was the mistaken dose, yes. got called a mistake. That's what it was. Followed by the full booster was 95 percent effective. This is what I laughed about explain. last week. Yeah, they can't explain it. So we've got this one coming out. Yeah, OK. And um, we got a, a, a very similar um, vaccine uh, coming out um, that's very similar to Pfizer's vaccine. It's an mRNA and a glob of, of stuff. <clears throat> so we're probably going to have two of the mRNA vaccines out within, say, a month. And then I do believe they're probably going to approve the AstraZeneca vi- uh, vaccine. But th- and that's the one that probably, if it is 95 percent effective, will be the one most used in the world. Because the Pfizer vaccine, it has to be stored at minus 80 degrees yeah, yeah, or else the messenger RNA, the genetic material for the spike protein breaks down. So what you're going to have to do is get it out of this freezer, put it in dry ice. Not a problem. And then open it up, take it out, thaw it, shoot it. You don't have much time. But I still if, think no. that's going to work. If I, I can, think it's going to no, work. If I can order a high-quality steak – from Nebraska and have it shipped in dry ice overnight to dry ice to my doorstep. I can get this vaccine. I don't think You're that's going to be a, Omaha State. I'm not even whatever it is. Okay. Listen. Also on the show, we're going to talk about vaccine passports. We're going to talk about arteriosclerosis. Do I have that? Yeah, arteriosclerosis. Arteriosclerosis. Have is it really? Yes. Yes. And we missed it last week because we had so many calls and everything. I do want to talk about it. We also want to take your phone calls at 919-860-9783. Okay. North Carolina's numbers currently hospitalized almost 2,600 people. Wow. This is is terrible. Compared to a month ago, it was near or under 1,000. 1,000. We doubled it. Double the number of hospitals. What's the ICU situation? Uh, you know something? I could look at a different page and I could okay. tell you. Yeah, I know that we're not full yet. Some some counties are 100% full. I want to know what it means that the daily percent positive is as high as 11.7%. Are you kidding 7%. It's 11%? Is, does that mean every time they run a test, okay, it's so, 11% correct? Or yeah, so positive? you have 100 people show up. Yeah. And out of those 100 people, 89 test negative. 11 test positive. Now, what is the target rate? It's 3%. So we're way ahead of the target yeah, rate. Yeah, and North Carolina has a positivity. They say current seven-day positivity rate, I hope it's a comparable number, 10.9%. Yeah. In, in Virginia, total hospitalizations, 15,900. It's, it's wow. an unacceptable number. Yeah. On today's show, we're going to talk about shutdowns. 
because we have a guest in the second hour. Uh, for those who listen to the podcast outside the Raleigh area or those in the Raleigh area, Ashley Smith, the founder of Reopen NC, will be on this show. Good man. Yeah, Rose Hoban is going to be talking in, you know, 25 minutes or so about the post-election challenge by Governor Roy Cooper, who says that he wants to separate the pandemic from politics. Yeah, knock wood. Good luck on that. Here's uh, Governor Cooper. Yeah. Here's Governor Cooper talking about our situation. As cases across the country continue to rise, we've seen rapid increases in our key metrics here in North Carolina. Our case counts have broken single-day records on three separate days in just the last week, and the percent of tests returning positive has increased to more than 10 percent. Now, here we are, and the reaction to it is a curfew. Doctor, right. will you please explain to me, can I get COVID before 10 o'clock at night? Well, here's the thing, is that he's sending people home, right? Yes, yes, he's yes. saying shelter at home. Okay. The latest statistics, 80% of the people who get infected, get infected at home. <laughs> okay? Yes. Okay, what's the shutting down the elementary schools? Johnson County, big deal, no elementary school education. In R Virginia? Richmond schools have already yeah. announced that next semester yeah. will be virtual only. All right, so what is the percentage of cases attributable to exposure in elementary schools? I don't know. One half percent. All right. They're closing indoor dining and restaurant. Yeah. What's that exposure? 1.4 percent. Sporting events, yeah. 1 percent. Yeah. So we are telling people to go and get infected. We're telling people to go home, go stay home. at home. And then that's get infected at home. But you can, how do you get infected at home if everybody's quarantined? You can't, you really. You can't. So the whole concept is you go home and everybody stays home. Now, that's it's not going to happen. You can't do it. You can't do it. And, and they say, well, you can go to the grocery store. Well, you're leaving the house and gets back to what we've been clamoring. And I like that word, clamoring about, yeah. is how Taiwan did it. Seven deaths. In a country of 33 million people. And how did they do it? They had quarantine centers. They locked so you up. So you got tested positive. You didn't go home. You didn't pass go. You didn't collect $200. Well, they might have paid them. Might but they have. put you in a special hotel room that was bought for and paid for as a quarantine center. They gave you a big screen TV. Yeah. They gave you an iPad, three meals a day. Yeah. And then you test negative a week later or 10 days later, you go home. You know what I've been saying at work? Yeah. You know what I've been saying at work what? forever? What? I said, yeah, they check us at the door. They check our temperature. Yeah. And I say, it's not high, is it? Said, no, it's a regular temperature. I said, you know something? COVID's terrible. But you know, two weeks at home, that's something. <laughs> because, you know, I would like to be lazy for a couple of two weeks. weeks yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to get sick. So, I, I shouldn't so joke about it. They have to be realistic. We have restaurants. And you're 21 Club. You ever heard of that? I've yeah. been there. Yeah. It's a, one of the best restaurants, one of the most famous places in New York. Well, it's been shut down. They can't do outdoor dining there. They don't have any space for it. Guess what? What? Going out of business. It is one of the most famous places to eat in the country. 21 Club. Gone. If you run 
a business. I want your phone call today, 919-860-9783. If you run a restaurant, please call us. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. If you've, you've had to deal with this, I want to hear from you today. Sometimes people hear us talking and they think, well, that show is so such high quality. Yeah, it must be syndicated and they're in Nebraska or something. Well, no, we're, we're local. Of, we're sort of syndicated. We're sort of syndicated. We've got the network. But I'm telling yeah. you, people think – no, they're already talking about something else. They don't want to hear from me. I want to hear from you about anything. 919-860-9783. If you have a medical issue, please go ahead and tell us no about it. No matter what it is. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the radio. We'll, we'll slide all this paper that we have in front of us It's kind to of fun, side. actually. Yeah, it's better We spend for all this us. time planning the show, and then we carry over. <laughs> we got so much stuff the left over. The best laid plans of Dave and Frank. <laughs> all right, listen, call us up. This is Heart Health Radio. Coming up next, fake news or shame on the Heart Health Radio Network. Some people just ought to be ashamed. They should be. We've grown away from that concept, but, you know, every now and then on this show, we like to say, shame, shame, shame. Who are we shaming this time? Well, I'm shaming the journalists who have decided that they have to twist the truth and bend it for their... Uh, political slant. You know, I was in high school. I was editor of my high school newspaper. What uh-huh. they teach us? Who, what, when, where, why? And now it's how can we mess up and ruin somebody else? NBC News. All right, here's their headline. Michigan House says nearly 30 lawmakers and staffers had tested positive for COVID after Rudy Giuliani testified. So what does that sound like? That sounds like Rudy Giuliani personally infected 30 people. Yes. But the truth is, it's that the Michigan House said nearly 30 people were infected (laughs) this year. But they said it after Giuliani (laughs) spoke. Yes. So, I mean, come on, people. And so you casually glance at that headline. And they must have people in the back room. Yeah. Figuring out how they can slant these headlines so that they're, quote, unquote, it's true. He said it after Giuliani did it. All right. Here's the lead. Almost 30 staffers and members of Michigan's House of Representatives have contracted coronavirus this year. The speaker's office said Wednesday, a week after former New York, New York mayor Rudy Giuliani testified maskless in the chamber. Doesn't it sound like sounds? But see, they can say we're telling the truth. Because he said it <laughs> after he said it, you know, and just I hate this. Yeah, I mean, it's just why. Let's be honest. And oh, you notice now that NBC News is following the Hunter Biden story. Oh well, yeah, and that's a big story. Too bad it's not medical. <laughs> Art in Raleigh, welcome to the radio program. You're on Heart Health Radio. Hi, Art. Hi. How you doing? Hey, Art. How you doing, doctor? Good. This is a situation. Monday, I was in an exercise class, and two-thirds of the way through, I passed out. Now, this is the fourth time in about three years that I passed out, twice at home, once at a restaurant, and then once doing exercise. I quickly recover, and the, the emergency people get there and say my blood pressure is low. They take me to the hospital. I went to the Rex emergency room, and they did four hours of testing, blood pressure, EKGs. Uh, a couple of um, x-rays, and at the end of four hours, the doctor comes to me and says, we can't find anything wrong with you. Yeah, that's not unusual. 
That's not unusual. Is it hard to figure out oh, when somebody just you, passes out? Yeah. The technical term for what happened to you is you had a syncopal episode, S-Y-N-C-O-P-A-L. Syncope, it's a Greek term. That means losing consciousness. And it can be a very difficult thing to determine. I That's probably 10% of my practice. If not true falling out on the ground, mm-hmm. then almost falling out. And it, it's a combination uh, – the diagnosis is difficult because it's a combination of things. It could be the heart, the electricity in the heart goes bad. That's my alley. So you could have a heart electricity that pauses. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell if you're just sitting in the emergency room because it didn't pause while you were in the emergency room. Sure. Or your heart could be really fast, could be, excuse me, beating really fast. And then the heart, when it's the electricity so fast, the heart can't keep up and there's no blood pressure and you fall out. That's but, not me. Yeah, but of course, you didn't have it in the emergency room. You had it outside the emergency right. room. Art, now, how vigorous was the recent incident? Were you really working hard? No, I was working moderately. I had a little four-pound weight, so I didn't have any problem. But all of a sudden... This is the same thing as all four incidents. Yeah. I feel a little lightheaded. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. Right. And actually, they had a nurse there in a minute or two, and I became uh, conscious. I, it, yeah. it took me about three to four minutes to, to come back. Come back because yeah. there was a clock on the wall. Okay. <laughs> I knew that. And so, then the emergency people came, and they take my blood pressure and it's slow. And eventually, throughout the time, it gets better and better and better. Yeah. So when the doctor says, I can't find anything wrong with you, she said, my signs are very good. Yeah, I think I think I know. Um, and let me uh, let me just go uh, introduce this. There is something to do with the sudden dilatation or um, relaxing of your arteries, and we've talked about this before on the show. And it's called vasovagal. Now, let me give you an example. Okay, and you know this is a this is a family show, so I got to be careful about what I say. But, you know, when you have uh, – uh, you're plugged up from below and then all of a sudden you unplug and you have a large bowel movement. Yeah. You, that feeling of flushed and you get a little, like, lightheaded. Yep. Okay. Then some people get the same response when they lift heavy objects. And it's – we call it a valsalva where you're – you're you're straining and you're not letting air flow out of your lungs. Okay, that's called the Valsalva maneuver. Now, there's a, a, a excitement um, autonomic neuro, uh, nervous systems. You see a tiger coming after you. The yeah. adrenaline comes out. Your blusher goes up and you run like a madman. Well, there's the negative, and the negative is the vagus nerve. It, it gets acetylcholine, and it's the, it's the opposite. It slows your heart down, and it dilates your arteries. So I had a guy who had seizures, quote-unquote, and he was on an anti-seizure medicine, and he finally came to see me, and he was still having seizures. And basically, I said, all right, tell me when you have your seizures. And he said, it's embarrassing. I'm not, I haven't told a doctor. I said, tell me. He says, every now and then I get diarrhea. And I sit on the toilet, and I blast off, and I pass out. And then I roll around on the ground shaking, having a seizure. Well, I think that what happened, and I'm not diagnosing you, but I think this is an important thing. You need to go see a doctor and talk to him or what her. What kind of a doctor? I'm going to see my family doctor. Yeah, I, th- I think this is vasovagal syncope. I think that and you were lifting, um, and you were grunting, and you had a valsalva. 
And the other three times I didn't have that. I was just standing twice in the kitchen and once sitting down eating at a restaurant. And it could still happen okay. because there's something called neurocardiogenic syncope, which is very similar, which is where out of the blue, your brain sends the wrong signals, the heart doesn't respond right, and you pass out. One of the things, I, I find this diagnosis a lot. And one of the things that, I, you don't have a history of high blood pressure, do you? Mm, I had it for a little while, but then I took that. Yeah. I haven't had high blood pressure for Do you hydrate? Five, do you hydrate yourself? More. Do you keep, do you, drink, do you drink a lot of water during the day? Some water. I'm probably not as much as I should. I, I have yeah. like two or three glasses. Okay. My wife says I should have. I won't get in trouble from the medical board by telling you this, but drink a lot of water. Right. And then go see your doctor. Um, And there are several maneuvers. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to do them at home. But there are several maneuvers a doctor can do to determine whether this is what you have. And, you know, I don't think you have a brain tumor. Some people can have what we call mini seizures from a brain tumor, and they just pass out. They don't have... What kind of doctor should I see? Last time she sent me to well, a I think, I think it's a good idea to go to your primary care doctor. That's where I'm going Monday. Yeah, and make sure that they take their head out of the computer... And look at you, okay? (laughs) This is what's killing me with medicine nowadays is that your story is very uh, interesting. You don't want to be an interesting patient, but your story is interesting because I think it has clues as to what this is. And it's very important you figure this out because you don't want to pass out driving. Yeah, that's my wife. Can I ask how old you are? 79. You see, it's very unusual for it to develop at this age. Um, we're in the same age group. We're seniors, buddy, and I love it. But it's important for you to get this figured out. And have you ever had real bad dizzy spells when you, like, hurt yourself, like if you banged your arm? Because no, that's I, another I've thing. I've a lot of the banging recently, but no, I don't, ha- I don't have dizzy spells. How many I total have, episodes have you had? My balance is not what it used to be. Really? If that means anything. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, call us back. Let us know. And good luck figuring it out. Just my private, my regular doctor and see what she's got to say. Yeah, and then, but make sure you get, you get it taken care of. Call us back and, and let me know what uh, he or she decided to do. Thank you, Art. I appreciate it. Coming up on this radio program, we are going to talk about heart disease and arteriosclerosis, which I just found out is essentially the same thing as atherosclerosis, which I couldn't pronounce. So I'm happy about that. You can't pronounce that. it now. I can I had to you learn. learn something from the show. I learned a little bit from this radio show, including vasovagal syncope, which apparently I've suffered from. I've got a funny syncope okay. story for you right. later on this show. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefall? Call 919-860-9783. That telephone number is 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. And a regular part of this show at this time every week is Rose Hoban from NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. Hi, Rose. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, you, you? What you got for us today? Well, um, I mean, do we want to talk about the fact that hospitals across the state are getting very, very Worried? Yeah, I'm worried too. I'm worried too. It's. I, uh, I do want you to talk about that. Who are you calling lately? Well, who are you hearing from? Yeah. Let me see. We called hospitals and hospital systems, large and small. So we talked to UNC, the Duke system, Biden, Mission, uh, a couple of smaller systems, the uh, Iredale Health System, um, 
And everyone said the same thing, that they are profoundly worried, that they wish people would stay home and wear their masks and wash their hands, and that they are worried about running out of staff to staff the ICU beds that they anticipate they might need. Mm-hmm. You know, last week, the, um, a, a pair of health economists from that work at one is guy is at Duke, a Duke Health Policy Center, and one guy is from UNC's Health Policy Center, and they did forecasting on when we could run out of beds, and we could run out of ICU beds as early as early January. Wow! If things, if the if the numbers keep increasing the way they have, it's scary. <laughs> Well, how about how about the death rate? What are we seeing there? Is it still staying about one one and a half percent now? Oh, you know, I have not crunched those numbers. Yeah. I mean, we're still seeing a, a fair amount of deaths. I, yeah. I think one day this week it was thirty eight. Well, and, there were three thousand uh, in the U.S. on Friday, which was extremely sobering <laughs> because I mean, we're having a nine eleven every day. Yeah. I mean, it's well, a nine eleven every day. I want you. That is the case. I want folks to know when we talked to Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. Rose has. uh, Rose was at one time a nurse. Do you practice now, Rose, or you couldn't? You don't have the time. Well, one, I don't have the time, but two, I I did not want to, you know, create a conflict of interest. So say I was. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. So what I do do is I do all of my continuing ed credits and I keep my license up to date. What kind of nurse Uh, were you? Um, I spent a couple years working in an, uh, doing critical care trauma in an emergency department. Um, That's awesome. In the 90s. And, That's awesome. So, and Rose does not. I don't think not, I've ever learned anything as quickly as I did then. And you're wow. editing now and you're writing. You don't get a chance every week to write. I know that because I look at the website. Yeah. But you did this week and you wrote about Governor Cooper about the depoliticization of the pandemic and something called the Kardashian effect. Would you explain that yeah, to us? I don't get that. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's Kim Kardashian's Instagram. It's, it's NASCAR drivers with, with, you know, logos on them. It's how do you reach people and you have to, you can't just have one message to that you think is going to go to everyone. It's, reaching all kinds of people with all kinds of messages. So I spoke to psychologists and uh, behavioral economists and folks around the state, and they talked about things like some people, they may need to be a religious leader speaking from their pulpit saying, hey, folks, this is about, you know, love thy neighbor. This is about taking care of your neighbor. Other folks, it might be Kim Kardashian or it might be a NASCAR driver so, and I did talk to Secretary Cohen, and I said, you know, how are you folks going about doing this? She said that they, they do have folks at the Department of Health and Human Services who are calling around the state, talking to local leaders um, who, you know, to say, hey, can you, uh, you know, make, influence folks? Can you, can you spread the message in your, in your communities? So, for example, I spoke to the county economic development manager in Graham County, which is all the way out in the western part of the state. And she said that there's been their, the chair of their county commission, who's a Republican, um, you know, small government type guy, mm-hmm. but he's 
going around. He's wearing a mask. He's leading by example. He's talking to folks. Um, I also spoke to a minister out there. I asked her, you know, who else can I speak to? So she spoke to a minister on the other side of the aisle, and he's doing the same kind of things with his congregation. So a lot of they, the, the, the consensus, though, is that shaming people <laughs> yeah. is not the way to get them to change their behavior. Absolutely it, not. Right. The best way to get people to change their behavior is to listen to them and help them talk through the thing that they're worried about and then help them understand that, you know, okay, well, this is part of what mask wearing is trying to address. And yeah, and acknowledging, like normalizing, yeah, you know, it is really hard to not see your entire family at Thanksgiving. It was interesting, too. I was on a webinar uh, this week that was uh, led by the American Public Health Association and the very famous vaccine researcher, a fellow named Paul Offit, who, you know, is has developed vaccines. He's been targeted by folks who are against vaccinations. And he got up and he said, you know, I am a vaccine skeptic. I have to be a vaccine skeptic in my job. I have to look critically at the data. And yeah. it's really important to, uh, to to acknowledge people's fears and then help them understand what perhaps the data is or yeah. perhaps what the rationale but, is for doing the things to mitigate. Yeah, because and, now, you know, for us all to get back to normal, it's going to require lots of people getting shot. Well, listen, we appreciate it, and we are going to move on because it is our well, it's, time. It's rare that we have three people in the waiting room, but we do. So, Rose, we've got to go because we got Sally and Zara and uh, Lenny holding on. Well, it's, Thank it's you. always a pleasure to talk to Love you. Love and Love you. All right. We'll talk next week. All right. We'll see you. Go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. Yes, you've got time to do a... Uh, tax-deductible contribution <laughs> for the end of the year. Yes. Sally in Virginia. Sally, how are you? Uh, okay. Terrific to hear from you. Thank you. Welcome to Heart Health Radio. Thank you. Um, my question is actually concerning heart health. Sure. And um, I I have a little bit of a complicated background. I won't go into everything, but I'm a, I've had lung cancer. I'm a nine-year survivor of that. Uh-huh. Great. And, um, I know. And, but I'm on a targeted drug therapy. It's my second one. And I know that some of the side effects that they list, you know, they give you a thousand side effects. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? You look at that and you go, ah! I know. But, um, and one of them is it can affect your heart. Yes. And it's, when I started on this, they were, they tested me. I mean, the huge test, I guess, getting baseline for my heart. And then, um, they're, and I'm actually out of the program now, um, because the drug is on, on the market, but they're giving it to me for compassionate status, which is fabulous. Yeah. But my question is, I've been having twinges in the left side. Is a twinge something that you should worry about? It's not really a pain. And they've listened to my heart. They say they don't hear anything. Can I trust all of that? Yeah. Um, okay. One of the hardest things uh, when you're on the lookout for heart problems is that, you know, the heart sits in your chest. And so when you feel these twinges, especially on the left side, where your heart tends to be, 
you know, the question is, oh, my gosh, is this uh, a side effect of the medicine I'm taking that they warned me about? And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, it's often very difficult to know. Um, and I, what routine tests are they doing? Just EKGs? Are they doing ultrasounds? Have they done a stress well, test? Well, they're not doing them anymore. They were doing my last, was a Sure. Uh, an ultrasound like uh-huh. sure. call that, an echo. Mm-hmm. And everything looked fine. That right. was back in February. How long does it take for problems to develop? If there it's, is- it's hard to say. Okay. Uh, twinges, is it like in your armpit or is it near your breast? Where would you say it is? Is it a tenderness? How would you describe it? Um, it's not really a pain. It's yeah. more like a little twinge, like I know it's there. Yeah. And does it come on when you're exercising? Does it happen when you're stressed or does it just out of the it's blue? Or when connect? I'm anxious. I'm sorry? When she's anxious. Yeah. Okay, so what could it be? It could be a lot of different things. And is is this something you've been having after you got tested? In other words, is this something new that's come on since you used to get tested with the ultrasounds and stuff? Okay. I'm sorry, was that a question? Yeah, the question is, is it new? I mean, are these twinges new? new? Yeah, it's new within the last six months, I would say. Okay. and, and is there a family history of heart trouble in your family? Yeah, actually, my father. Yeah. I mean, they were old. Yeah. He was 90, and he died of heart. Okay. And my All mom right. did, too. She was 89. So. Okay. So I'm not going to – I'm going to be like I am in my office. I'm going to say I don't know. Um, but I am going to say that since you haven't been tested in a while, it might – be in your best interest to go see your doctor and see if they want to do a stress test and see if they want to do an ultrasound. One of the things that we've learned is that females and women like yourself often present with atypical symptoms. In other words, a man might say, I've got mid-sternal tightness. There's an elephant on my chest that goes to my left arm and I'm short of breath. But for a lot of women, it's silent. Or the symptoms are very uh, unusual, but really they're more common than the classic symptom. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's you sound great, um, but my feeling would be that since these symptoms are coming on and you haven't been tested in a while since they've come on, I would go see your doctor and say, "Look, I'm having these twinges in my chest. They come on mainly when I'm upset. Um, I think that." Uh, it would be helpful for you to get a test, especially something called a stress test, and see if there's any problem going on. Uh, and then, you know, you've got in the back of your mind, this medicine I took and I'm taking could have a heart uh, complication. So I think mm-hmm. there's two reasons to do it. Number one, because the symptoms are, are not specific, and yet women are often underdiagnosed because their symptoms are not like what we I've heard is classic. So okay. that's what I would do is get it checked out with some testing. But um, congratulations on beating these medical problems. We're really proud of you. Thank you, Sally. Zira in Holly Springs. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hey, what's up? Well, I'm, I, just, I just started listening to your show a few weeks ago. Yes. Thank and you. Dr. Reese talked about um, multiple vitamins and supplements and my husband and I just started taking this thing called focus factor yeah focus factor I've heard about it yeah I don't know if this week is doing any good or not we just started taking it recently okay we started taking it on 12-3 okay 
How often do you take it once a day? It's four, ten, four pills once a day. Okay. And the four pills, were they sold as a way to literally help you focus? It says clinically shown to improve memory, concentration, and focus. Yeah. Complete multivitamin. Yeah. All right. In the thing on the bottle, does is there any like asterisk and that the bottom say these claims have not been supported by FDA research? Because a lot of it does. You didn't see. Okay, so I, I'm looking at Focus Factor right now on my trusty iPhone, and there they say there's a clinical study. Yeah. Six weeks improve their memory concentration and focus. Forty four percent increase in memory recall from four point five words to six words. So um, they've done some sort of study. I don't know if it's peer reviewed. You know, peer reviewed means that they did the study and then they had some experts look at it. Now, uh-huh. this is the the main thing that's in it is called vin. Vinpocetine. You think you have problems. Sure. V-I-N-P-O-C-E-T-I-N-E. Yeah. And um, it is in, it's not uh, dangerous. Um, Okay. Okay, let me read the ingredients. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, pantothenic acid, calcium, magnesium, copper, manganese, molybendum. Ooh. That's a good one. I dated a Molly Bendham in high school. Yeah, Molly. We've lost track. So it looks like it's mostly... Oh, it's got some zinc and selenium (laughs) in it. It looks like it's mostly um, routine stuff. But then Uh this one ingredient, um, vinpocetine, and it's banned in Australia. (laughs) So maybe they're not... not, doing it right but i tell you let's do this yeah all right let's do a memory test on you okay Okay. (laughs) now listen listen the way you do these memory tests is i'm gonna give you four words okay okay four words and then you're gonna call back in one hour you're gonna promise (laughs) me you're not you're not gonna write these down okay okay mary sue jane and puppy dog or puppy. Mary, Sue, Jane, and puppy. And yeah. let's see, call back in an hour, and you can do that. Now, what they say is, if you could do four of those words, then in six weeks, you could do eight words. And then in nine weeks, you know, so I don't know. But here's the thing. I don't think it'll hurt you. I don't think that other medicine that's in it is going to hurt you. But test yourself out and see. Yeah. If it works. Yeah, I don't really like taking pills, so I don't want to take these if they're not really helping me. Yeah. What made you decide to do it? My husband. He did. Uh-oh. <laughs> Was he complaining you couldn't remember to make his favorite dinner on Saturday nights? No, but I noticed I have forgotten. Yeah, I'll run upstairs to get something, and it's like, what did I come up here for? Or he'll tell me something, and later that day, I'll say, you didn't tell me that. He go, yes, I did. All right. Well, all right. We go. We gotta wrap this up. But uh, Zero, let me just tell you something that a doctor told me. He said, "Forgetting where your car keys is not a reason to be concerned." Now, Doctor Weefold's going to correct me if I'm wrong on this. But if you stand there with some shiny things in your hand and say, "I wonder what these are for," that's something to be concerned about. Normal memory loss is not a big deal. Yeah, it's not. Okay. All right? All right. 
Zero, thank you. You sound like, in fact, I can't remember those four words. Yeah, Zero, did you write down those four words? Because we didn't, and we've forgotten them. (laughs) I've forgotten them already. Call me back in an hour and tell me what those words I know one of them was puppy dog. Thank you, Zero. Well, that's two words. Yeah, I can remember that as two words. Good luck to you. God bless. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and Heart Health Radio salutes people who do good things. We always do that. But well, we've got a great story here. Yeah. And I, I'm shouting out some prisoners, okay, believe it or not. Yeah. And I can shout out Gary Grimm. Gary Grimm is the, the man who was saved by these prisoners. And I think it's a great story. He was a uh, – he is a guard uh, at the prison. Mm-hmm. And he was down in the basement watching some prisoners in a holding cell. He clutched his chest and fell over on the floor. And at first, the prisoners started laughing because they thought he was faking it. Well, they realized when he started foaming at the mouth and not breathing. And guess what they did? What? They managed to break out of the cell. (laughs) Not to escape. Not to kill the guard. But to save his life. He had a gun on him. They yes. had access to him and the gun. They didn't take it. They didn't take it. Uh, one did CPR. One called for help. Um, I don't know. It was amazing. They saved his life. Uh, he was down for 20 minutes because you're in the basement and nobody can hear you. Wow. And he's going to have to have a heart transplant, but he's alive. And I think his whole attitude has changed. He said that... Now I look at somebody who may be in for drugs or yeah. maybe in for car theft or maybe in for some other crime. But they had the wherewithal and the love of their fellow man, at least as far as this situation was concerned, sure. and saved his life instead of running for the hills. So I'm gonna, they didn't name the prisoners. I'm going to shout them out and hope that everybody sees we're all God's children and when it comes to altruism and love of our fellow man, it can come from anywhere. Lenny in Holly Springs, welcome to Heart Health Radio, and thanks for waiting. Glad to wait. Uh, hey. Thank, thank you. I have uh, had a problem for maybe eight years now, and I'm, I'm 66 years old. And my Lenny, did you say you've had the problem for 88 years? Eight oh, years. Eight years. <laughs> oh, just eight. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, and I'm 66 years old. Yeah, you're um, young. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, my my feet get cold, particularly at night when I'm laying in bed. Yeah. Or in the evening when I sit on the couch and put my legs up. Cold feet syndrome. And they get very cold, and they feel terribly uncomfortable. They're yeah. Freezing. And sometimes I ask my wife to feel them. She says, they don't really feel that cold. So they, she but says they feel cold. Freezing. Lenny, does she agree she with you? She agrees when she feels them that you're cold. Say that again? She agrees that they're cold. You had, feel my toes, oh. honey. And she says, wow, they're cold. No. She says they're not cold. Correct. Okay. I get this too. Yeah. But and I, I, I hate to say it. Let me ask you a question. Do you have diabetes? No. Um, have you ever had a back surgery or a back injury? I have had back injury, yes. Yeah. Um, when you say they're cold, do they look purple or they look fine and healthy and fleshy? No, they look okay. Yeah. So um, the sensation of something cold when it's not cold 
uh, can be a neuro, neuro, blah, blah, neuropathic problem. Okay, what does that mean? It means that your nerves are sensing something that's not there. Um, and so, for example, um, and this is just to, as an example for you, and it's not you because you haven't had your leg cut off, but if somebody's had an amputation, a below-the-knee amputation, a lot of times their ankle itches, <laughs> okay? I'm serious. And they will actually reach down and scratch the air. So the nervous system is an incredible thing. And I think, um, number one, you should have a doctor feel your pulses anyway. Because when somebody says that their distal extremities are cold, it often be, is because circulation is bad. And if it's only the toes and the fingers, there's something called Raynaud's phenomenon. Raynaud, R-A-Y-N-A-U-D, was a French physician. And he diagnosed that the arteries could spasm. And, you're, you're, and usually, I mean, I've seen it. I see it all the time. But the toes turn purple. And your wife would say, ooh, don't get into bed. Your toes are cold. So it sounds like, though, you've got good circulation, at least as far as I can tell. It could be, and I'm saying it could be, a neuropathy. Um, And I would would go see your doc and describe the symptoms. He or her may refer you for something called uh, a pinprick test where they uh, electromyogram. They can – and nerve conduction studies and see if there is some nerve damage. Now – when I see this, it's usually in people who've had back problems. I'm talking about spinal stenosis, mm-hmm. where their nerves have yep. been damaged. And it's very common in diabetics. And mostly the complaints are numbness, tingling, or worse, pain. And pain, you know, it feels like somebody's sticking daggers into their feet. Mm-hmm. It can be really bad. But people don't realize cold sensation can be a neuropathy problem, um, but I wouldn't rule out that you have uh, a circulatory problem uh, in the feet, um, although it's probably very unusual. So you're not alone, though. Um, huh. My feet were said to be cold, and I got kicked out of yes. uh, <laughs> the bed once because they were so cold. And I even they was, literally were cold. Yeah, they were cold, and I don't even know why it went away. I mean, it must have been a cold heart <laughs> or something. And later, Lenny, on this program or another episode of the program, we will discuss why it is that women's feet are really, really cold and why they feel the need to put their feet on our legs. Yes, yes, that is absolutely right. And I think Lenny will have you back for that show. Lenny, let us know what they find out, okay? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I yeah. I the doctor yesterday and she did an EKG. Yeah. And everything was okay. Okay. Well, I mean, usually the heart, it's, yeah, the heart is usually not the problem. It's not, people would think, well, the heart's not working. It's pumping cold blood. But that's not what's <laughs> that's happening. Not I, you know, it, I, get it, I get it checked out. And let, oh, here's another question I'm going to ask you. If you wear thick socks, does it help? Really? If you Lenny, wear socks. does it help if you wear thick yes. socks? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. that's if interesting. I put them on in the middle of the night, my feet will feel warm in 45 minutes. Okay, well, let us know. All right. Thank you, Lenny. God bless. All right. Coming up in this radio program, on the podcast, for those who are not in the Raleigh area, on the podcast, we've got um, uh, on the second hour, Ashley Smith, the founder of Reopen NC. I'm going to talk about whether we should keep everything locked up or not. Right. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. 
Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, our telephone number. What's been busy, hasn't it? 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefault. How are you doing, sir? Good. The second hour is uh, just as good as the first, yeah. if not better. I hope you stay. I really do. People sometimes, you know, they, they come for the first hour, and I hope they stay for the pie yeah. or for the second show. Yeah, the pie. Um, we never got to, though we teased it, never got to talking about socialized medicine or vaccine passports. Yeah. Uh, I've got a story arteriosclerosis. about arteriosclerosis. Arteriosclerosis. You know, it's kind of good because I really like the callers. Yeah. Um, yep. It gets me thinking, gets me on my on my tippy toes, and you know, it's uh, a wonderful thing to be able to to talk to somebody about their health problems and the particular ones, and maybe give them some peace of mind. We talked in the first hour of the illogic of the shutdowns because. We now know a lot more yeah. about when and where people get COVID. It's not in restaurants. It's not in elementary schools. It's not in the stores. Yeah. We're doing a very good job. Have you been to a restaurant lately? No. Yeah. I, I, in August, I went to um, not Myrtle Beach. What's that place called in South Carolina? Hilton Head. Oh, okay. And yeah. I ate in about five restaurants, and it was great. There was social distancing. The the servers, the waitresses and waiters, I like to call them. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, politically correct. Um, the servers wore masks. Um, we, you know, uh, did all the right things, and it was great. And I've been to restaurants here. It's the same thing. And so only 1.5% of contact tracing is directly traced to a restaurant. And only 0.4% of contract tracing is an elementary school transmission. And so, you know, we're telling people to go home, and what's the problem? We're closing schools. We're closing restaurants. Right. And that's not where it's coming from, okay? And it's what is this, a power trip? I mean, and it's only Democrats, okay? okay? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb. You can hate me if you want. You just go out there. you know, the whole concept of authoritarianism, they, they want to help poor but they want to tell you what to do and they're power hungry and it drives me crazy you really think this yes okay i do kevin o'leary agrees with you he is a gentleman you may have seen him on shark tank baldy he's got a bunch of restaurants or at least he's got a bunch of money in restaurants in california and here is what he said about the latest shutdowns in california how is it possible when I've spent sixty, eighty thousand dollars on the back of the restaurant and the front of the restaurant to provide the seats and the heaters, and complied with the city ordinance, and was just about to reopen, no tents. This is not tented. This is outside with air flowing. I'm shut down. He's shut down. Yeah. He went on to say, by the way. Next door is a big box store with well where you can buy a piece of pizza right and eat it right at a there. table right there 
right there. And then there was this fine lady, and I wish I remembered her name. She's in California. Mm-hmm. And she spent all this money like O'Leary did in creating outdoor dining par excellence. Yeah. Shut down. She walks across the street with the cameras on her, and she points mm-hmm. to a bunch of tents mm-hmm. where people are chowing down. And what is it? It's a movie set. And yeah. they have, you know, according to the uh, the unions, they have to be fed at certain times. Right. That's okay. Okay, so. That's okay. They just, exempted entertainment because power, they're California. Yeah, but power-hungry governors and mayors, they want to control your lives. It's called authoritarian socialism. They tell you that they want to help you. You're poor, and we want to do this for you. But you can eat here, you can't eat there. You can step here, and you can't step there. Yeah. It's nuts. Okay. Nuts. I will tell you that there were exceptions to the California lockdown. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to tell me. me. One of them, <laughs> one of them, this is the dumbest part. <laughs> one of the exceptions was for podcasters. Now, what? For, for people who are not into the podcasting or think it's silly, it's a there huge are a lot thing of, now. Basically, there there are a lot of laid off radio people, and what they're doing <laughs> is because they've gotten laid off in radio, they're now recording themselves like you and I, yeah, right. But and we then they still put go it, out live. They put it on the internet, and yeah. then well, that's a podcast. Joe Rogan, but the Joe Rogan experience. Absolutely no way. To limit the number of podcasters, there are millions of podcasters, yeah. and now in California, if you want to go out somewhere that's not a protected activity, uh-huh. just bring a tape machine. I mean, the are truth, you kidding? Yes, because if you're a podcaster going to interview somebody, you're not covered by the lockdown. See, this is the thing: oh any God. idiot can do a podcast. For goodness sakes, we do. <laughs> we do. We do a podcast. <laughs> and we're idiots, and we're idiots. Yeah. No, we're not idiots. But the point is. When you, it's just it's this authoritarianism. Okay. They want to make rules. All right. I mean, it's like the governor of Michigan. What's her name again? I don't know. Whitmer. Whitmer. Yeah. When this started, she had the best time saying, "Okay, the big box stores, Walmart can open, but yeah, yeah. only the groceries." Okay. There's an and I'm I'm going to wave my arm and say, "Do you think we can get Ralph Northam the the cut from Ralph Northam?" All right. This is the governor of Virginia. And this is something that he said that got, about shutdowns that got him in a lot of trouble. We need to think about what is truly the most important thing. Is it the worship or the building? For me, God is wherever you are. Okay. You, you don't have to sit in the church pew for God to hear your prayers. Okay. You know the people who objected to that. Right. And and here's the thing you've heard all over the place. Super spreading churches. Oh, my gosh. Well, now the data came out. Yeah. Okay. Restaurants, 1.4% yeah. of contact tracers proved it got it in a restaurant. 1.2% in churches. Okay. Mm. And man bites dog is what you hear on the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, car crashes. You very seldom hear about a car crash anymore, except right. if it's spectacular. Plane crash, yeah. it's all over. Why? Because it's so rare. Yeah. So next time you hear... That uh, somebody got it from church. Remember, the reason why you're hearing that is because it's so rare. I'm not sure you have the article near you, but I hope you do. 
It's in my head. Early in this thing, <laughs> you got to rewind yourself all the way to April. I rewind every night. All right. February, March, April. We knew it was bad in Wuhan. Wuhan. We knew it was spreading from yeah. there. Uh-huh. We knew that Italy was getting hit Killed. hard. And there were everybody I know who had a conference schedule. Right shook their heads and said, there's no way we're going to the conference. I had a scheduled conference in April. We knew we weren't going to go. I had a family reunion. Okay. There's some company Biogen should have known better. Yeah, so Biogen's one of the great uh, molecular biology, new you know, wave <laughs> medical companies, and they have a lot of conferences. And um, they're smart. Well, very smart. Not, yeah. not as smart as me, but they're smart. Okay. No, I'm kidding. They're very smart <laughs> Maybe people. they went to Yale, not Princeton. Yeah, they went to Harvard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so they had a huge conference, and one guy had come from Italy, and he was a super spreader. Now, what do you mean by that? He was asymptomatic, and he literally had billions and billions of spike protein carrying COVID-19s. Apparently, he's a big mouth. <laughs> I mean, oh. yeah, I went around, hi, how are you? You know, hail and Gosh. fair weather guy. And they've traced him now, contract trace, contact tracing, 400,000 worldwide cases to this one guy. One guy. You mean that they spread to other people, yeah, to so, other people. I mean, and then, it's, it's yeah. you know, one guy goes to four people, goes then that four goes to four, and then yeah. the, So it's it's called exponential. So... Two, spread it to eight, eight, spread it to 64. Let's pick up with Marie in Raleigh. Marie, Marie, bless uh, you. How are you today? I'm just fine, and you guys sound really cheerful today. Uh, You know what it is? It's that that the holidays are here. Merry Christmas. Um, We love each other. And, you know, it's the Christmas spirit. Was Christmas spirit was in those inmates instead of, Breaking out of the jail and running off and taking his gun, they saved his life. Yeah. That's that's Christ like. That's Christian. Marie, do you have a medical question? You don't uh, have to, but yeah. Well, um yes I do. Fire Not away. Sweet fall, I have really dry eyes. Yeah. I went to the doctor and he's given me eye drops and all What kind did he give you? Oh gosh. Is it a prescription uh, one or just over the counter? One was over the counter, and then one he gave me to take at night. Uh, well, it's uh, the one over the counter is S Y S T A N E. Cystane, yeah, and that's a lubricant. That's uh, to get you know the juices um, there, since your eye isn't making enough juice. It's uh, sort of an artificial juice. Did he give you one? Um, oh, Brook Shields used to uh, advertise it. Well, there's one that a gel, and it's upstairs, and I can't, I don't know, and he yeah. gave me that. It's a gel. Do you yeah. put the gel in your eyes? At night. Really? And it, it works, but I'm using, he said, to uh, use uh, this that's over the counter every two hours, and it's been about two weeks, and uh, he also said to take the other one uh, just at night. Yeah, and but I'm still having, and I have an appointment within the 14th, but it's out at the mall, and I have canceled that yeah. because he said he couldn't find anything else wrong with my eyes. Yeah, but I'm still, you know, there. Uh, I'm gonna cancel. I mean, I'm gonna uh, 
get the uh, set up another appointment, but yeah. I just can't see going out there with all this uh-huh. Christmas stuff out there in the uh, mall. Yeah, there's a, there's a new medicine out. Well, the, the one that Brooke Shields did was, was cyclosporin, and they think sometimes that dry eyes are caused by an autoimmune phenomenon. That is to say, your immune system is attacking the cells that make tears. Mm-hmm. And so you give yourself a, a medicine that prevents that. Well, there's another one now called Zidra, X-I-I-D-R-A, and mm-hmm. it has um, something called a lymphocyte function-associated antigen antagonist. What does that mean? It means that it helps prevent the cells, the immune cells that are killing your T cells. Mm-hmm. from functioning. So there are lots of medicines going on. And ask your doctor whether Zidra, X-I-I-D-R-A, would be right for you. X-I-I-D-R-A. And and it might not be, but your doctor will now. Okay, well... Oh, and the other thing is, do you have your humidifier on in your house? No. I'm Turn not. it on. Yeah, we got one. We need to get it out. But uh, I... I have known you for 14 years. Really? Yes. Do you know that somebody once thought you were my wife? Uh, oh, my second, your second wife. Yeah, no, well, my <laughs> wife. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. We were, um, we were at a, um, I decided to do something at Ham and Yam. You know what Ham and Yam is? Yeah. It's a Smithfield thing. Yeah. It's um, um, a festival. So, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, I had a thing in there. Uh, what's that called? A booth? A booth, sure. And we had blood pressure checks and cholesterol <laughs> checks and, you know, autographed pictures of me. And <laughs> Marie was standing there and a guy came up and says, oh, it's so nice to meet your wife. And Marie thought, I thought that was great. <laughs> Marie, take care of yourself. Thank you. Talk to your doctor before you yes. change anything. And I blanked on the name, the Brooke Shields one. It's Restasis. Restasis. Rest- okay. You've seen the commercials for sure. that. So I'm not saying Marie needs Restasis, but I'm trying to educate that cysteine lubricates. Restasis actually goes to the source of the problem. For many people, not everybody with dry eyes. And that is an autoimmune phenomenon that prevents you from making tears. And then Zedra works in a slightly different way and prevents the immune cells from working. All right. The shame segment coming up. Also, a lot of things we didn't get to in the first hour, including... For a couple days now, a couple shows now. Right, the problems with socialized medicine, vaccine passports. I do want to talk about arteriosclerosis and something called mindfulness. Have you ever heard of mindfulness? I call it mind your own business. Okay. (laughs) Mindfulness. And can it help you reduce stress? I hope it does, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefall. And this week, Dr. Anthony Fauci earned his way once again to the shame segment by saying... The Fauci follies continue. All right, so um, it, it, let's just forget about even thinking that he's nonpartisan, okay? He's clearly <laughs> a liberal Democrat. And so they asked him, who are the best states uh, that have done the best job in this? And, of course, he says Vermont, of course... Vermonters, it was too damn cold to go out anyway, so they stayed home. <laughs> um, and New York. Now, 
I mean, mm-hmm. what, what is he thinking? What was he smoking? I mean, New York was absolutely the worst in terms of the transmission of disease. That the um, subways, yeah. filthy, completely and totally. Right. The mayor of New York saying, "Come on down to yeah. Chinatown," and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it was terrible. They didn't have enough PPE. They, PPE. They didn't uh, – personal protective equipment. They didn't have this. He's jumping up and down. I need 40,000 ventilators, blah, 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 blah. And it all, you know, was a mess. You don't think and, it was a good response? No. And I think okay. the worst thing – and I, I'm not blaming Cuomo because we've talked about this before. I'm blaming Cuomo for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But 10,000 – People died in nursing homes because they made the decision to send infected people to nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't think anybody else in their right mind thinks New York is doing a good job. And now this, this leads us, you know, to the second hall of shame yeah. is Cuomo again shutting down everything because they're above 3% in their – um, uh, positivity rate. Now, you hear about this positivity. What does that mean? It just means the number of people positive um, divided by the number of tests you do. So you do 100 tests and three, three are positive. Now, the craziest thing, Staten Island, did you see that? They have no. orange zones, red. They always like to they have do. color-coded zones. Yeah. Okay? Red, yellow, orange, pink. Well, a, the street, a dividing line was between an orange and a yellow zone. Okay. There sure. was one restaurant on one side of the street and one on the other. And they shut down the one and they called the orange zone artificially determined by the streets. Right. They arrested the owner. Mm. And right across the street, you could literally walk across the street right. and go party hardy in the one across the street. This is why people don't want to listen to politicians because the average Joe and the average Jane, not Karen, but the average Jane <laughs> knows this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 1.4% contract taste tracing to restaurants. That's even indoor dining. And 78, 80% sheltering at home. I think you're going to like the interview with Ashley Smith, the founder of Reopen NC. She's going to be on the show in just right. a little bit. I think she's going to oh, agree yeah. with you. Okay, socialized medicine. Fella has, uh, he's in the UK, right? Well, and this and is you a, don't yeah. pay anything for anything over in the UK. So well, this is compounded by the COVID thing. But I'm going to tell you, you want a hip replacement? Yeah. I get your hip replacement next week. I know. And the thing about what's great about America is that we can do this. Now, are we? Do we have a perfect system? No. Are there people who need access to the medical system who can't have it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do we have to become? a socialized country and have socialized medicine. Now, what happens when the federal government owns everything? You know what happens. And in order to keep things down, in order to, you know, satisfy the budget hawks and, you know, satisfy uh, AOC and the squad and all those people, you have to conserve money. You have to send it in one place and not spend it in the other place. There's a guy in the socialized medicine thing in Britain. Guess how long he's waiting for a hip replacement? Still ain't gone. Twenty one months. Wow. And so if you need a hip replacement, what does that mean? It means you're in pain. 
Yeah. I mean, you don't just go get a hip replacement because, you know, you want a preemptive and last, you know, another 20,000 miles. It's it not hurts like to changing walk. your shocks. Yeah. It hurts. So this guy's life has been ruined. He cannot get out of his chair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, come on. It's a day in the hospital. In fact, they have same day hip replacements now. They don't have drive through hip replacements yet in the yet. U.S. They have same day knee replacements. But see, here's the thing I had cardiac issues. My cardiac issues were such that I walked to my car uphill and I would feel some stress, some pain, tightness, tightness, heaviness heaviness in my chest. Went into the doctor at Big Wake. It was a Tuesday. He said, you know, I can get you in tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, no, I got that's that'd be silly. That's rushing things. He says, all right, I'll get you in Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, we're literally talking about yeah. having heart surgery two days later. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the greatest thing in my experience, I had a kid, he was playing basketball, and he passed out. Mm. Yeah, another, another, we had the pass out guy in the last hour. But this guy passed out, and I'm listening to his heart, and it sounds like this, plop, 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 plop. Yes. And I turned him over on one side, it was plop, and passed out. So I got an ultrasound. He had a tumor on his pulmonic valve, so the blood flowing out of the right heart, he had a tumor that was on the valve, and it was a plop valve. It was a ball valve. Yeah. And so it would open up and then close, open up and then close. Well, if he turned on one side, it couldn't open up because it had suddenly bled on the inside, and he had no blood flow going out. So I called the chief of pediatric surgery, who I knew, a guy named Dr. Brown, John Brown was his real name, mm-hmm. and he said, you're kidding me. And at that time, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have anything, but he trusted me on the reading of the ultrasound. He sent a helicopter, okay, mm-hmm. from Indianapolis. I was in South Bend at the time. The helicopter landed. I wheeled the guy out, put him in the helicopter. It took off. He had surgery. I saw the guy at 10 a.m. He had surgery at 2 p.m. He was home the next day at 8 a.m. That's... America. Yeah, it is. It's America. And I don't want people to wait 21 months for a hip replacement and be in such pain that they can't live. All right. Yeah. I I like it. We're going to talk about heart disease next half hour. Going to talk about mindfulness, which is this this idea that you should become mindful and aware of your own emotions. And have something where you hum. And how they guide Uh, you. And perhaps some incense. And some and some new age music. We'll talk about that coming up. And is it better than a pill? I don't know. We'll uh, no. talk about that. Chemicals. <laughs> On Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander with Dr. Franklin Weefald. We teased this about mindfulness. I, I still don't quite get it. I don't get it. There We're is, supposed to be like, you know, blocking everything out and thinking about now. and Okay. Mindfulness is designed to, it, 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 you know, you can be trained to really perceive your own emotions. Yeah. That is. And, and Wouldn't you just be crying all the time? <laughs> yeah, I would be. <laughs> I would be too. All right. A lot of people are taking mindfulness classes. Yeah. To reduce stress, there's a new study from the University of Buffalo says 
it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and when you measure stress, this is one of the reasons. Cardiac, yeah. I'm I'm mentioning this because what they did, the scientists, the true scientists, went ahead and gauged these heart rate, ventricular contractility. Yeah. So is that something? Yeah. So when you're stressed, the adrenaline can be measured yeah. by how strong your heart beats. That's contractility. And you can look at an ultrasound and see your heart going boom, boom. And then your heart rate. It's, you know what this is like? This is like a, a lie detector test. You this know, is, you sweat more. Yeah. Your blood pressure goes up. Right. The cardiac output and peripheral resistance. Right. So your arteries squeeze down because you're tense. So millions of people are taking these. And it made no difference, right? Classes. Yeah. It made no difference at all. Yeah. So they had the mindful people. Hi. I'm mindful. Here was Nothing the, bothers me. All right. Here was the funny thing was. That the people who had taken mindfulness classes and who were theoretically, you know, they, were, they be- uh, handled stress better. They only perceived that they handled stress right. better. They didn't actually handle stress better. Yeah, probably worse. They just thought everybody else was, yeah. a, you know, couldn't. All right. Listen, we've, we've waited long enough. We got uh, welcome Ashley Smith, founder of Reopen NC. Ashley, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How Hi, Ashley. It's so great to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Now, I'm great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Reopen sure. NC believes what about the shutdowns that have already occurred and those that are coming? Well, so we, we formed on April 7th as the founder of the Reopen movement, and then that spread across the nation and um, in many places around the world. And we believe that people have the right to make informed decisions for themselves based on the facts that are presented and the evidence that's available. Mm-hmm. And we believe that the shutdowns have been unconstitutional. We believe that the infringement on personal liberty and constitutional, constitutional unalienable rights um, be illegal in Roy Cooper's case because he doesn't have the concurrence of the Council of State. So, Do you believe that governors have the right to close down restaurants? You know, I, I think under uh, this particular set of circumstances, which is what I'll speak about, he did not. Um, for I, one, I agree he did with you. not have the concurrence of the Council of State, as I've stated. And now, 66 executive orders later, he still doesn't have the concurrence of the Council of State in many instances. You're so, talking about Governor I, Roy Cooper. Yeah. yeah. I think the science shows it makes no difference. I mean, okay, shut it down if there's some guy spreading salmonella. You know, they got some guy with salmonella. Yeah, fine. But when you only have a 1% chance of getting – or 1% of the people with COVID – can trace it back to a restaurant, and you're going to close that, and you're going to close the churches where it's even less, and you're going to send people home, which is where they're getting it. I mean, it makes no sense to me. Well, and the the other nonsensical part, what we've seen all along, is that Roy Cooper picks winners and losers because the corporate box stores have not been shut down Absolutely. at all. And all the people that would normally be shopping at their local hardware store or eating at their local mom-and-pop restaurant that was shut down – are still going out. They're just all packing into selective places now. So what it right. has really been is a controlled, you know, demolition of small business USA. Absolutely, that's the real. That's the real rub for many of us in our base of ninety thousand plus members now. And that's at, been the ongoing. You, you remember? Remember when Walmart? You go into Walmart in the beginning, but you right. could buy food, but three feet away from you, you couldn't touch that toy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, come right. on. And then the restaurants are closed, and yet you can go get a pizza. Uh, at uh, Costco. You know? I'm, I'm going to ask you both, what do you think is 
coming because the numbers are not going down this week. I'm just guaranteeing that, that we're not going to get a better situation seven days from now. And we're not going to shut down. We cannot shut down. Okay. And Ashley, what do you think is going to happen? is the only answer. I think, I think honestly, the, the thing to remember here, too, is that we're seeing around the world shutdowns are not working. If they work the first ta- time, why another shutdown? If they didn't work the first time, why another shutdown? Right. And in, in place of that, we're seeing a multitude of deaths on the rise from suicides, domestic abuse. That is so important to point out. You are absolutely right. Primary health care that they need because now apparently doctors only treat COVID patients. If you don't have the Rona, quote unquote, you're not getting medical care. Um, for many, many other things. And so I've heard many physicians, both you know, nationally and internationally, stating that the death rates in those other brackets are actually higher than coronavirus deaths. Right. So it's a whole bracket of our population that, you know, life as they know it has ended, and it's been devastating. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, that, you know, it, it just makes no sense. It's yeah, there's, there's not, more to life. Yeah, there's more to life than not getting COVID, right? Right, exactly. And, and you know, the, if you look at the countries that, you know, the socialists want us to be like, Sweden and France and Britain and Belgium, they're way ahead of us in per capita deaths. So what I think we ought to tell ourselves is that we actually did a pretty good job in a Western civilization country. We are not people who will just suddenly, like lemmings, squirm into home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to keep pounding on this because Dave's sick of hearing the word Taiwan. Taiwan never shut down. You could go to a restaurant. You could go to school. Their concept was you find somebody who's positive, you don't send them home. Mm-hmm. You send them to a quarantine center for a week. And then they're fine. They can go back out again and not infect people. But if you have people... You know, shaking, they're they're quaking in their boots, sheltering at home. That's where you get it, because Bobby Sue comes by. That I would be against uh, any kind of forced quarantine of people, especially just based on a test result, particularly the PCR test, whose uh, inventor has actually stated prior to his passing that you know using the PCR test as a diagnostic test was never going to work because it could be false negative and false positive, which we've seen so many cases of. And so talking about quarantining someone over a positive test result, if that was voluntary, then certainly I'm all all for informed consent. Yeah, I understand. I I, I understand your point of view. Right. But what I'm talking about is that the only way to stop this from spreading is to do that. And that's proven in Taiwan. So well, in, a, in, a, in a country it's a like ours, it's... And it's a virus with a very low percentage of deaths. This yeah. isn't something like, we're not talking about Ebola. We're not talking about, you know, even even certain pandemics that I remember growing up hearing yeah. about that had greater numbers of deaths than what the coronavirus has had worldwide. Um, I believe the World Health Organization actually just downgraded the coronavirus from a pandemic status. Yeah. So it's certainly not something to be, oh, fear the COVID. We all need to run and hide and quarantine ourselves if we sniffle. It's just it's just getting to a point of ridiculousness. Well, I, I'm going to say I agree with you on the opening situation. Uh, I think we can have different opinions on the you know, dangers of the virus. I, I come from an area that says that closings don't help, okay? Um, and that's the whole point, and I agree with you 100%. All right, Ashley, we're going to let you go, but thank you very much. I want everybody to maybe, if you want to find out more, go to Facebook. Reopen NC has a Facebook uh, 
a page. Do you have a website generally? We do. We have a website, reopennc.now.com, and okay. we are actually going into the next phase of our movement. So we're going to be doing some big things in the new year when the new legislative season starts. So right. we're looking forward to that. Ashley, thank you very much. Let's Ashley thank Smith. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, and, and good luck with your work. I do want to say something about false positives, false negatives that yeah. Ashley talked about. Okay, yeah. the PCR test. I disagree with her. It is it is the best and probably the only test. I do, I disagree with that rapid antigen test uh-huh. being done because it's too many false positives. So the ninety seven percent accuracy of the PCR, which means there are only three percent false positive. Yeah, there are some false negatives, but there's no test that's perfect. Now, what she said about quarantining, you have no right. To make somebody sick. And what I'm talking about as a country, the best thing to do would be, you know, if those CDC tests had worked in the past, we could have nipped this in the bud. Now, hopefully people would have agreed to quarantine, but Mm -hmm. I doubt it in this country. In Formosa, I'll call it Formosa now, in Taiwan, there's a great article. A guy stepped out of his quarantine unit for eight seconds (laughs) and got caught. And, And, you know, the whole point is... wait, 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 And eight seconds. Yeah, but he you got fined a bunch of money. He too. got fined the equivalent of thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, eight seconds I out of his room. I wouldn't do that. But let me tell you, <laughs> we could have nipped this in the bud for everybody if we did what China did. And I can't wait. And nobody's going to ask Fauci why China and Taiwan was yeah, successful. Not, not China. He's got his fingers in the communist Chinese pie. Oh my gosh, he's got him in there. That's Dr. Franklin Weefald. Go ahead, write to him. <laughs> Care of Weefald. All right. Yeah. 919-860-9783 is the telephone number. If you've got a question that has to do with anything in medicine, go ahead and call us. 919-860-9783. Okay, so I've got arteriosclerosis. I've got hardening of the arteries. Yeah. Do and I? So this is the thing that I, I always that. want to tell people. You know, they, I, I talk to some older patients, and I say, "What did your patients die? What did your family die of? Your father, mother?" They say, mm-hmm. "Hardening of the arteries." And so that's a, a common term that people hear all the time, especially our older folks. So what does that really mean? Is it is it actually a real thing? And the answer is yes. So atherosclerosis becomes arteriosclerosis. It's all one and the same thing. Yeah. Your arteries, when you're born, are pristine. They're actually organs, okay? So they're not pipes. They're soft, squishy tissue three or four layers. The inside is this paved, smooth surface where the blood flows through. Really? It's a blood vessel. Then there's a middle part that is sort of the, the meat of the matter, and then there's the muscle around it because the arteries open and they close. So what's the disease process? It's when cholesterol starts to dig in under the smooth surface of the inner part, and it grows and it becomes a plaque, we call it. And then that plaque prevents blood from flowing in a smooth fashion. Mm-hmm. And it also can burst open and on the inside of the artery, a clot forms and yeah. blocks the flow of blood. Now, here's the good news. In most people, the immune system you have tries to get rid of the cholesterol that's built up inside that plaque. Right. And when it does, it creates inflammation. Now, the more inflammation you have, the greater the chance that plaque is going to burst open and cause a clot and block off the flow of blood inside your vessel. Well, 
when that inflammation happens, you get calcification. So calcium's formed. Now, calcium in those, you've seen calcium deposits, right? They're hard. So if you open up someone's chest and look at their arteries when they've had extensive atherosclerosis, it be, the arteries are actually hard. You could a normal artery you can push and it's like squishy. Yeah. But when you get the calcium buildup, you actually get hardening of the arteries. They become hard to touch. And when they're like that, they can't open and close. They can't relax and constrict. So they don't work anymore. Okay. So you have had a stent. Yeah. That's an artificial hardening of the artery because the stent is metal. Yeah. So when that stent is in there, the surgeon can actually poke his finger along in the heart uh-huh. and see, oh, that's good tissue. That up oh, there's a stent. Yeah. It doesn't compress, and there's the good tissue. So calcium does it, and you have artificial hardening of the arteries when you have a metal stent put in. And that's not a bad thing because it opened up your artery. But when somebody says, you know, grandpa died of hardening of the arteries, that is what we're talking about. The cholesterol process called atherosclerosis, then it gets calcified, and that's arteriosclerosis, and then your arteries are hard. Is this why I'm taking a statin? The statin does two things, and we don't know which is more important, okay? But the statin lowers the cholesterol that your liver produces. Now, yeah. 90% of the cholesterol problem is your own fault in terms of your liver. Your liver's producing it. All cholesterol right. is important for ourselves, but too much is not a good thing. And my body produces it in the liver? Right. Everybody does. The okay. liver produces cholesterol. So the HMG-CoA reductase, that's a fancy term for a statin, inhibits one of the enzymes that produces cholesterol. And what does that do? When your LDL, your bad cholesterol, is low, the cholesterol begins to seep out of the plaques, and they get smaller. Mm -hmm. It's called plaques regression. Well, the other thing that statins do that are amazing, and statins apparently are good for other illnesses too because they reduce inflammation. So the number one thing, if you look at, for example, the studies on a cholesterol pill like rosuvastatin or Crestor, Within three months, the risk of dying goes down. But it takes two years to start reducing the plaque level. The inflammation has gone down. Mm -hmm. And it's inflammation that causes a heart attack. All right. Last hour, we had a phone call from Zira in Holly Springs. I think it was last hour, but I've forgotten now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And Zira called up because she was taking... Something. Zero, what is it? Because we've forgotten. What is it you were taking this supplement for? Um, for memory. And what, for, what are those four words? I gave her four words to did, remember. You did. And it's Mary, Jane, Sue, and Puppy. Yes! Mary, Jane, now, Sue, and I did remember, and I really did not. You didn't write them down. down. That's very good. Now, here's the thing that people don't realize you can train your memory. Yeah. Have you got a memory book? Have you ever seen those things in memory books? No. Yeah. You have Amazon? Yeah. I do. Yeah. So search memory book exercises and you get these really neat things and it's got what I did. You know, mine's a very simplistic memory exercise, but they have these little tools that you can use to improve your memory day to day. You can exercise your mind. I don't mind you taking that medicine, that, that supplement. I mean, you know, I don't know. But what you might want to do is a little experiment. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. On the supplement now, you're on it. Keep taking it. Yeah. And do these memory exercises because they have, you know, things. Concentration. Have you ever played that game? Yeah. You know, it's I a card a game where you flip things over and you try to remember where they are. Okay. So play concentration against your husband and see who wins. Okay. And then go off of the supplement and then wait, you know, as a couple months go on, see if, you know, the roles reverse. And that's sort of a scientific experiment to see if it really helped your memory. But Zira has asked an important question. What's that? And opened, Did I miss it? No. She just – I'm reading between the lines. Zira, you've opened a can of worms. Yeah. On radio – I thought it was a can yeah. of pills. On radio, there are some people, highly motivated people, who want you to buy this supplement. Yeah. Not just your supplement because next week it will be a different supplement. Yes? Right. You've heard these characters. Yeah. And yeah, they're – and, and and I listen to them and I think, nah, yeah. this and, is and crap. You know, the, the, the way you know that the supplement probably doesn't work yeah. because just think of how much money a drug company would make yeah. by having something that did work. I mean, there's an Alzheimer medicine now that they – they're going to charge $10,000 a month or some godly, and it improves your memory 2% over 10 years. Okay. Yay. You know, and so I can't you – know, Prevagen, have you heard of that one too? Yeah. 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 I have heard of that. And people – it's made out of shark booty or something. I don't know. And so, <laughs> you know, that's been clinically proven. I don't know. But, you know, maybe just – and one of the things that I know is that things work for individuals that don't work for other individuals. Yeah. So it might work for you. I don't know, but yeah. as long this is my feeling on supplements. As long as it yeah, doesn't see, hurt you, I didn't want to waste my money if it's not going to do. And it. yeah, as long as you can afford it, everything. Yeah, and there's a placebo effect. Everything. Yeah, there's a placebo effect too, which is that if it if you think it helps your memory, then it very well may help your memory. And you know, okay. being happy is is yeah. a, if you're going to worry about your memory all the time you say now nah, I'm taking prevagen my memory's going to be fine mm-hmm. then that's okay too as long as you have this 80 90 bucks a month to buy the supplement yeah, yeah. listen just okay. listen to the show and you know you'll be happy and you won't worry about your memory anymore and you'll be fine okay. well, and I it's free it's free i know <laughs> i know well listen well, you're know. very good you remember those words i'm Thank glad you, you. called I back did. god bless Thank you, you. Merry Christmas. Keep listening to Heart Health Radio. It will help you with your memory. This show is clinically almost proven to support heart health, and she'll notice the difference, too. And what was that other thing? I can't remember. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, wait. Spot medical misinformation. And spot medical misinformation on Heart Health Radio. Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Tammy in Four Oaks, we're so glad you called. Hi. Hi, Dave. How you guys doing? I'm good. doing good. What's up? A question for Dr. Reefel. Yeah. Yeah. I have one stint, and I have been on Plavix for three years. Oh, wow. Is this something that I will be on for the rest of my life? Mm, good question, because I I have this question all the time. Um, the the let me tell you, Plavix. For those who don't know, is a medicine that prevents your platelets from clogging up your stent. 
And you definitely have to take it for at least a year. It used to be six months when you have a special medicated stent, which is there's no other stents now. So you have to take it for at least a year. It's been studied because if you stop taking it, there is a very slight chance, one in 400, that the stent will clot because it doesn't completely smooth out on the inside with your own tissue that grows over it. The biggest question has been how long do you have to take it? Now, we used to stop it on everybody. Um, But now there's some data coming up that shows perhaps if you've had to have a stent, the Plavix with a baby aspirin will prevent you from having a heart attack in the future. There's some good studies that say yes. There's some others that are equivocal. Here's how I look at it, and I think the important thing is to discuss with, with your cardiologist, your physician. I tell people if you haven't had a problem with it, I think you should stay on it. Now, here's the issue with Plavix is that you can have very serious bleeding. If you've had an ulcer, if you've got a polyp in your colon, if you get hit in the noggin in a car accident. And I think after three years, without the data being really hard, the, the choice is between you and your doctor. I don't think that the data is so you know, strong that you have to take it. Now, there's a medicine called Brylinta, and they have some evidence that if you take a lower dose of Brylinta, it's very similar to Plavix, but it's some people think it's more potent, um, that if you continue to take that, it prevents a heart attack by about one in a thousand people. Mm-hmm. But there's still a risk of bleeding. Anytime you take aspirin even, there's a right. risk of bleeding. So I tell my patients, I hate to say it, but I tell them, are you worried about bleeding? If they are, that I say, here's the evidence. If you go off of it, I'm not worried. Okay. But I generally keep people on it if there's no contraindication because I sort of have this feeling that the studies that say it helps prevent a heart attack in the future are probably true. Now, I, I know that's a wishy-washy answer, but I'm not going to give you a hard and fast answer because there isn't one. Tammy, and, did I hear you say you have one stent? Yeah. Yes, one stent. And that's a good thing because you haven't had to have another, right? Right. What's your cholesterol? Is it real good? I don't remember, but every, I have to have blood work done every year for yeah. another issue I have. Uh-huh. But my LDL is always really good. It, it's below normal. Yeah. Well, the lower it is the better the chance you have of not having to have another stent or a heart attack. If you've heard from somebody, Auntie Sue or Betty, Billie Jean, that you, it can be too low, that's not true. You can, the low, mine's 11, okay? It used to be 178, and my plaque went away. It completely dissolved. It went to plaque heaven. So if you're doing great, you're doing great. You sound wonderful. Um, are you exercising? Uh, I do a lot of work out in the yard. I love yeah. walking. How about walking? The thing that just came out, 35-minute walk, three or four times a week, reduces your risk of a heart attack by some percentage. So Excellent. I know stopping and starting, stop, uh, gardening is good. But Thank you, Tammy. Take a walk, Tammy. That's it. Heart Hello. Health Radio. Are we're we back. done? Yeah, we're done. We're uh-huh. back next week. Love to hear from you next week. Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.